Hello and welcome back to another episode of FAQ. I'm here with, well, I shouldn't say guests anymore. I should just say co-hosts now, mom and dad. G'day. <laughs> and my brother Ben as a guest this time. Damn it. Still a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're on, you know, every episode. Well, I live a busy life. No, you don't. <laughs> all right and this week we're talking about uh how much green is there in green energy and green meaning both you know ecological and money wise so one thing that we all watched uh separately throughout the week was a documentary by uh someone called michael moore Love them, hate them, have your own opinion on them, whatever. But it, it raised some interesting points in there that I think we should talk about. So, first of all, I guess open to anyone, since you guys have more of an opinion on them. Who the fuck is Michael Moore? Uh, Michael Moore is a Hollywood guy, more known as a documentary filmmaker. Um, he's extremely far left uh, hmm. in his political view. Uh, like pretty much everyone in Hollywood. Anyway, uh, he was the guy that, uh, after the Columbine school shooting in Colorado came out with the film Bowling for Columbine. Mm. He then made the documentary after the 9-11 disaster terrorist attack, you know, Fahrenheit 9-11, where he bashed the Bush administration pretty heavily for failures and said it was a government conspiracy and a whole bunch of other leftist stuff anyway so he's he's known he's known to be a very uh big liberal very left in his political views and very outspoken um he was a very big critic of uh president trump Conspiracy conspiracy theorists from the left side of things Okay. So gotcha. uh, that that is who he is. Sounds like he just goes from crisis to crisis and makes a film about it. Yes, he pretty much. Knows how to capitalize on things that will get the clicks. Mm. Yeah, but you know the left is so anti-money yet he wants to make it all off the disasters. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's who he is. Love him, hate him, as you said. You know, he's kind of one of those guys. I think it wouldn't be wrong to say that, like President Trump, you do. You either love him or you hate him. There is really no middle ground with Michael Paul. Right. Kind of like a face. <laughs> you either love us or hate us. That's fair. All right. Um, so this documentary that we watched, it was called Planet of the Humans, if I remember correctly. Um, and it raises concerns about how renewable the green or renewable energy actually is, how much money is actually in it and where the money like comes from and goes. And with Michael Moore being a leftist, he's actually bringing up points that go against a lot of what the, the left's talking points are, um, which I thought was interesting. Uh, ben, what did you think about the documentary? I thought it was uh, a very interesting documentary on 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 uh, climate change, and my initial reaction to to it before I started watching was like, "Oh, this is made by Michael Moore. It's going to be some very <coughs> left leaning 
I have a documentary that just espouses the virtues of green energy and doesn't really get into any of the controversial things behind it, but mm-hmm. I was actually surprised that it was not that. Um, right. And it did actually raise some good points about, you know, uh, for example, electric cars. So you have, you know, your electric cars, but where do your electric cars get their power? And they get their power right. from your home when you get home with it and plug it in to your house and your house is still on the grid and that grid is run by coal among coal. other things yeah um so in the end how green is that electric car that has been touted as the one of the saviors of the climate by reducing emissions and protecting the ozone layer meanwhile you're charging that that thing from a coal plant that's belching out uh disgusting amounts of just CO2. disgusting amounts metric tons of pollutants uh into the atmosphere so it was interesting to see that they had actually covered covered that mm-hmm. aspect of of at least that what that that one part for example rather than just saying you know electric cars are the second coming of christ for the, <laughs> for the environment now we all know that was the election of president Trump. <laughs> no yeah no, for sure no political <laughs> We can't talk about this without being a little bit political. Yeah. Right. Realize how many fingers are and how many pies politically with this stuff. I thought it was very interesting that he actually exposed these different green or uh, environmental, no, environmental groups and how they may have started out to be good, but then how they have been corrupted over time and that money was now the, the god. Like one of the ones we talked about was the Sierra Club. Mm-hmm. And showing, you know, showing their books basically. Follow the money. It's not what you think it is anymore. Well, money is the root of all evil as we know. <laughs> the love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, it's right. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but quick question for everyone before watching this documentary, what was your opinions of green or renewable energy or electric vehicles? And then did they change any after watching this documentary? Personally, me, you know, I've, my parents, when I was growing up in Australia, they built their own home. Uh, and that was back when I was 12. Uh, so that goes back, you know, a few years ago. And one of the things they did when they built their home is they put solar hot water on their house, hmm. which at the time was groundbreaking. It was ahead still of their time. Yeah, they were ahead of their time. They, it was one of the new technologies coming out. And I have to say, it, you know, I, there was a it was a family of five kids and, you know, we were out in, in, on a property, but it worked well. I mean, provided mm-hmm. that you monitored shower times and everything else, that there was enough hot water for, for the family to have hot water all the time. You know, it was on an electric backup. So, yes, when we didn't have sun, you click the button on and hit the power grid for electricity to heat the hot water. But most right. of the time in Australia had enough sun to provide hot water yeah i've I've been accustomed to to that kind of stuff pretty much my whole life but the question i've always had is how good is it really 
Right. Uh, particularly like when they started making these wind generators, um, these big wind farms, and when they started uh, down the track of we're going to have solar power on your on every house and we're going to sub- resupply the grid with solar. Because I, I know from growing up, solar panels don't last forever. No, not at all, right? And it, it's, it's um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not dumb. It's not well thought out to have solar panels on every single home because they're not well, going to be in a good position for it. And, right, and it's it's just it's not feasible you know um you know and it costs a, it costs a lot both monetarily wise and environmentally wise to make solar panels they're right. they're they're actually not that great but did things uh, did my opinion change on renewable energy after watching the documentary i think what changed was my opinion of the people behind renewable energy right yeah and i think for me that that's what changed the most for me not so much like the solar panel or the technology behind it but just like who's behind it like where the money's at yeah that was all very shady yes yeah yeah it was it was very interesting documentary just to figure out that they're using that entire industry to make billions of dollars again off the regular taxpayer and it's always the, the the little guy that's going to suffer. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be the one footing the bill. We're going to be the one feeling the effects of it. I mean, the ones making money, they're not going to care. They're always going to have, you know, be comfortable, I guess. <laughs> right. No, um, it's kind of interesting. I was just looking up the other day, and I just confirmed it now. But Denmark, um, they're one of the leading countries as far as, you know, renewable energies go. Um, Because they've got those, you know, massive like offshore, like wind farms, that sort of stuff. But they they just started a project that's like thirty four billion dollars, and it's going to be a a giant, pretty much island um, off the coast for renewable energy. Hmm. Um, So they're putting a a massive, I guess, deposit down. In terms of you know renewable energy and that sort of stuff, and you know if it works for them, good for them. But and then of course we'll have people like on the left be like, oh, why can't we do that here? You know, but like Denmark's got a lot fewer citizens and you know less land, <laughs> you know, than the U.S. We're trying to you know send power from coast to coast. You know, I, I think as an individual, you can do things to help limit your carbon footprint. And to help with that type of thing. I mean, just some of the things that we do off the top of the head, we don't, we ride to work when we can, like we ride our bicycles to work when we can. Mm -hmm. So that, that takes the car out two to three times a week for me, depending on what my week is like. Dad can pretty much do it five days a week. So that takes his car off the road, which in turn also saves us money and wear and tear on the vehicle. Right. Great on that. Our heating source, we have central heat and air, but we use the that as a backup. So in the winter, we have the wood stove that we use, and that's our main source of heat. We, as you guys know, 
we don't keep the house very warm in the winter by U.S. standards. We're freaking having icicles off our nose. I mean, it's 66 and more comfortable. Yeah, um, I mean, that's also kind of also comes down to the placement of where that furnace is in the house. <laughs> well, even I don't know if comfortable that, is the right word to describe 66 degrees. Shivering, it, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. And it's also partly because of the dog. I mean, when you have a great Pyrenees, they don't like a lot of heat. So we keep it cooler for him in the winter. But, you know, we, we do that. And so for the firewood, we're not buying it from somebody off the side of the road. We actually go out to the farm and take down the, use the trees that needs to come down and, and that kind of stuff. It, it's a renewable source in that fact that, we're, that we use that way. You know, we don't always have every light in the house on. I mean, you guys heard it all the time growing up. Are you in there? Turn the light off. Turn the light off. Yeah. Close the door. You know, stop yeah. heating or cooling the outside. <laughs> yeah, who's the one you paying know, for the electricity? Perfect. Not you. Turn the light off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, stop taking long showers, you know, that type of thing. So I think everybody, by doing their part, will help. Right. Do I think it's going to reverse it? No. But after watching the documentary, you know, we were we were talking and, and I'm like, there are certain situations where wind and solar do a great job. And one of those is on a boat. If you are on a sailing vessel and that's <laughs> where you live, having a wind and a solar is great because you, you have a gas or diesel generator as a backup. But they don't tend to use them as much as what they do for wind and, and uh, solar. And it's running these, they call them yachts. They're not big, massive yachts or whatever. But these sailing, sailing vessels, they're powering everything they need on it with their, but then again, they're also in an environment where they're getting sun and wind. Mm -hmm. And for everybody out there who's wondering, why suddenly we're talking about boats um okay, boats <laughs> that's, again that's um mom and dad's kind of retirement plan is just to to buy a boat and sail around you know tropical waters i assume <laughs> we'll see. somewhere nice and warm um, there won't be any antarctic earth that's what you're getting there yeah <laughs> um but yeah i think with the right applications those do work but mm. there's also a cost to the environment to produce the necessary tools for those. Right, yeah. Like so, as shown in the documentary, you gotta do a lot of mining to get the right type of, you know, quartz to get and coal to get the, the silica stuff to make the solar panels. So that takes a toll on there. On the environment. Yeah. And if I recall correctly from a couple of years ago in college, I was listening to someone someone talk and they say that humans today move around more earth and stuff per year than mother nature does um, just through like wind and erosion and stuff like, and globally like, like thinking about it, like that's mind boggling numbers of like, tons like tons and tons and tons of like sand or dirt and mining and ore it's ridiculous well just 
think about building a house and I'm in the home building industry, building a house, what natural materials you have to have to do this. You have to prepare the site that you're on. And depending on where it is, sometimes you have to bring fill dirt in, you have to bring top dirt in and you have to build up where you're at. So where is that coming from? Somewhere around, you're going to have to scrape that mountain top off to get it, basically. Right. Then you have the sand floor that you mix for the mortar on your brick. And then, you know, and that comes in a lot of different ways. It's not just your typical sand from the beach. It's certain sand that's a certain mm-hmm. color, certain mortar. It's, you know, where are you getting this? How are you getting that sand, that color? Because, you know, you can't just use brown sand for a white mortar. You have to have the right colors. And just use that great Arkansas red clay. (laughs) About that. So I guess I guess I've got I've got a question then for for Ben and yourself, Josh. Yeah. Because you guys are obviously the generations coming on. You've got people that are your mother and I's age that totally deny global warming. It doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no such thing as global warming. <laughs> so, firstly, polar bears have entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is there global warming? And if there is, and green energy, after watching this documentary, green energy, renewable energy is not as green and renewable as it appears to be, then what do you guys see? coming out of that documentary as a step in the right direction. Mm. And I'll let you go ahead and answer that since we haven't heard from you in a bit. Um, um, I don't know. <laughs> After watching that documentary and just seeing that the majority of how green, green so-called green energy is produced, um, you'd have to do something very drastic with the people that fund that and how it's done right now in order to change it to where it is actually green i still think we're quite a few years off maybe even decades of of really getting technology to where um solar or wind or anything like that is actually uh more i guess a consistent and viable option um because right now with solar and or wind it's intermittent so when you don't have sun cover or so not sun cover, when you don't have sunlight or you don't have wind, those um, energy producing resources, you know, aren't going to produce enough resource uh, energy for whatever town or whatever you're trying to power. If that, you know, if that happens during a peak time where everybody needs a lot of power or even uh, at a time where just a substantial amount of people need power and it's just a down day for the sun or something. Um, it's not like uh, like the sun's like the sun's sick not today. Doesn't want to come out. <laughs> not today, guys. Clouds, you got it. it. Um, um, I'm gonna sleep some more. Yeah, like so. There's, I I think we're still quite a ways off of of that becoming uh, a more consistent energy producer. Um, and then I think what you another thing you're gonna have to do to have to do is you need to overhaul how it's done and and uh and then who who can get involved because there's there's always going to be people that want to get in there and capitalize and make money off of it uh and those those people tend to get to a point where they care 
more about the money and less about producing what's good for everybody else. And I sound like Al Gore. I sound like a freaking <laughs> sound like a freaking socialist right now, um, or a communist. I don't know more about <laughs> welfare people. Um, but there's certain things like with that stuff that that you need to care more about the masses than your own personal gain. Right. Um, and that kind of stuff. I would like to see the stigma around nuclear energy go away and, oh, and us get back to um, researching and developing that as a, as a better alternative uh, for energy. The only downside on that is where you put your nuclear waste at the end of the day um, for the, for the byproduct of it, because most nuclear nuclear materials that you'll use have a long half-life um, to them. So finding somewhere to store them and store them safely will be uh, a challenge. Ideally, I think we need like a Tony Stark type dude to make an arc reactor. And then, you know, we have, you know, energy and consistent and unlimited energy that way, but that is right. many, many decades away. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll jump in and answer this, but so first of all, to answer your first question, yes, I think global warming, you know, is a thing. It's real. Um, cause yes, the earth, you know, does fluctuate on temperature. That's why we have ice ages and stuff, but it's not the fluctuation. It's the, the rate of change of the fluctuation is the important thing. And, you know, since industrial revolution, really, we've been pumping out these, you know, greenhouse gases and things have been heating up quite a bit, very fast, you know, compared to the thousands and thousands of years that, you know, the earth goes through. This is, you know, a couple hundred. We're preheating the oven and we're all chicken nuggies. Yep. We're about <laughs> to get cooked. Um, so what's a, what's a step in the right direction if renewables aren't it? Is that the other question that we're... Well, what are you, do, what are you doing? If, if, if renewable energy in that documentary is no, what's cracked up to be, how are we going to move forward? Um, so if the logical end of this is like, cause we're, we're not just going to decrease our global population overnight. No. Um, so there's, there's going to be drought and there's going to be, it, it'll turn into Mad Max light. <laughs> kind of like you'll still have you'll still have governments and stuff but it'll be like resource wars will be the thing which i guess you know are are all wars in a way but these will be like controlling the fresh water supply <laughs> and our you know, world yeah and you know the last you know arable land <laughs> kind of stuff but uh, you know a, a good way to guess combat that like we've got to Everybody needs to take like accountability for what they use in a day. Uh, really take stock of what they do because like you'll meet people. I'm sure you've met them all the time. They're like, "Oh, save the planet and everything," and they've got you know the latest iPhone, the latest you know car, um, fucking living large, and they're like, "Oh, don't use plastic straws; they choke the turtles." Um, <laughs> sort of shit. So for them, it's just kind of like a the hashtag that they can put on their on their Twitter and feel good about it, you know, but I think people need to learn that they can do without, you know, and they can, they can use less in their lives and it'll still be fine. You know, you don't have to have the latest gadget, the latest thing 
and you know that'll reduce your carbon footprint and at the same time oh fuck look out you're saving money <laughs> you know how about that but yeah like i would like to echo what what ben was saying like i would i would like to see i guess more nuclear power that's one thing that the documentary didn't mention a whole lot was nuclear power um, right like yeah it costs a lot in terms of like infrastructure and i guess concrete just building the building but once you have it, like there, are, those power plants are online for decades and decades and decades. You know, as compared to you know a solar panel that's going to last you know, like maybe one decade right. before you got to replace it. You know, this nuclear reactor is still going to be pumping out you know energy for a long time. Right. But I think I see. I think for me, what the documentary did in terms of what's a step in the right direction, where should we go? One of the big things they talked about towards the end of that documentary was biofuel, which is basically just ripping down forests and feeding trees into a furnace to drive the energy wheel, which is just Uh, not a smart idea. No, not at all. Um, So I think for me, what it did for me was reinforce not... uh, and when you say this, people get think, oh, well, you know, you want to be the Birkenstock-wearing dreadlock, <laughs> you know, um, person. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, one of the things we have to get back to is reforestation. Yeah. We have to, we have to plant trees, whether we like it or not. Trees are an, are an organism that will help with global warming, and we need to plant them rather than carve them down. The other thing that I thought about a lot was we need to really start using things like passive solar design in homes. Mm. We got away from what we went away from building homes that were designed to use the sun to heat it and not get so hot in the summer, but stay warm mm. in the winter. Right. Um, you know. We need to start looking at things like, and you know, if you haven't ever researched this, folks, I would I would strongly suggest you research it. Look up rammed earth houses. Oh like, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, like there's some cool stuff you can do with rammed earth, and it's a renewable product. It, it lasts forever. That's right there. <laughs> you know, and if you if you go look at uh, the Middle East in the old towns of the Middle East. Uh, that's what those structures are. They're rammed earth. Yeah. So for people like me, I guess, and those of us that don't know, could you explain a little bit more what rammed earth is? I think I have an idea. I want to say it's kind of like the adobo houses that the American Indians made back in the day. Adobe. Yeah, that's you know that's kind of adobe, not adobo. Adobo is what you eat. Do not make your houses out of food. The chicken and adobo house. Adobe. (laughs) I can't remember. Peppers and adobo. Yeah, you know what I meant. Don't have to worry about mice in the wall with that. Fuck up. (laughs) No, Uh, roast me over the coals for this. Yeah. Uh, Look, adobe houses is another one that you can look at. You know, that's another passive design that is passive solar design that you can use. But rammed earth is basically you're you're mixing clay and sand together at a certain ratio and using a hydraulic ram to force that dirt down between a plywood form to create a wall. And basically what you're doing is you're turning that mixture into stone. 
under pressure. And under that, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> and it will last years, years. But you can also use that rammed earth or, you know, stone form. It will retain heat. So it gets all the heat from the sun during the day, lets it all go at night. So, yeah, so we can be like, oh, like lizards, you know, fucking just sitting out on the freezer box, you know? Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, there's those kind of like, we need to start looking at how we orient our homes so that we can take advantage of the sun. We need to look at planting trees. We need, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that we can do now for me, in my opinion. Uh, if you're building a home and it's going to be a brand new home, then yeah, maybe you want to look at putting solar on as part of that cost. You know, that's when it becomes a little mm-hmm. more viable. You know, those kind of things. Um, For sure. But uh, I, I think I think speaking of building homes, I think um, the Western world has lost the idea of orienting your homes and and different things that our ancestors used to do because you can't fit as many homes in that subdivision. And so it comes down to the almighty green dollar. You want to fit as many in there as you can to make the money, to make it worthwhile what you're doing. But I think, you know, if you look at the homes in Australia, they have the white verandas. They have, you know, a lot of the older ones like your Nan and Pop's house is single story. Um, Nan and Pop's house is double brick and it was great. I mean, mm. we're, we're talking, we're out in the Australian bush. <laughs> You're at like, it's hot. It's 40 degrees Celsius in the summer. But you walked into Nan's house and for as long as I can remember and while we were there, she had a swamp box mm. and crack a window and it was comfortable in the house it was cool it wasn't you know it wasn't like us where it was refrigerated air and you walked in and immediately froze your nads off it it was very comfortable like your body had time to switch and to adjust to it but it wasn't like you were just sitting there drenched sweating it was it was oriented the right way so by not orienting your homes right you're missing out on it like as I was saying, in Australia, the homes have those verandas, they're situated right, so they block that really hot summer sun, but let the the winter sun in to help heat the home. It's it's things like that that we've lost to the almighty dollar. Right. And I and I think a lot of people, particularly in the Western world, want to be comfortable without making their body work for it so they don't and that's partly because people don't eat well and you know in office situations you have those that are not in shape and are um whatever fat (laughs) and in the summer they want the air really cool because their body can't cool themselves whereas other people are then freezing and running heaters in that office space, which is ridiculous because then you are really wasting energy at that point. And it's the reverse in the winter. They're, they don't want it that warm or they want it whatever. And it's just nuts. All right. Uh, box done. 
Yeah, so so one thing I I wanted to bring up was um, eating habits and how that affects global warming, mainly I guess meat consumption, agriculture, and like I guess mainly like the beef <laughs> industry that it uses a lot of land, a lot of water, produces a lot of you know greenhouse gases, either by way of you know. Not Don't. cow farts, just so everyone's clear. That has nothing to do with it. I mean, they do release a lot of methane or methane. Not enough to fuck up the environment. You know how many cows there are in the world, dude? <laughs> Billions. Um, Give me my beef. So I was going to ask, um, and this is one of the points that's brought up in the documentary on netflix called our planet um mm-hmm. narrated by sir david attenborough Dude, but one of the things yeah one of the things that we can do to help you know reduce our impact and carbon footprint on the planet is to eat less meat and i know we've talked about this before mom and dad but you guys don't eat meat anymore or you do very rarely i have a couple days a week while i'll i'll go a few meals without meat and there i'm trying to be a little bit more conscientious about that but ben what is your meat consumption is it every day every meal do you have a a meal per the week that you don't eat meat um no i pretty much eat meat almost almost (laughs) daily almost at every meal Carnivore. Right, we're working overtime to compensate for. The I rest of am the making up for everybody else's lack of meat eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I don't. I mean, as much as I do love like beef and red meat, I don't eat all that much of it. Um, I don't think I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember. At least when I go grocery shopping, I try not to. I don't really hit up the the red meat aisle all that much. Um, right. I usually try and stick honestly to to like chicken or turkey and and seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's the majority of what I eat. Occasionally, now and then, I'll really be like, I'll feel like I'm, you know, really jonesing for a steak. So then I'll spring and go buy some nice strips or something and do those. But I don't know. For me, even just like red meat is just like it's more of a hassle, I guess, for me to make. I'm kind of kind of lazy when it comes to like cooking, just because. Uh, yeah, I you know I work all day, which this is no excuse. But then I get home, and it's like four o'clock, and I'm tired. I'm like, oh shit, I still got to eat. And so I kind of try and do stuff that's a little bit quicker to cook and prepare. So that way I don't have to spend you know an hour in the kitchen and you know and all that. And I also try and do it stuff to limit the amount of dishes I have to do as well. <laughs> The water conservation. Um, <laughs> so that's how you're balancing because, it out. You know, because this is like how I justify meat. this in my head. I'm lazy, yeah. but I'm also saving the planet at the same time. <laughs> really? Does that go for the water you let run for 20 minutes in the morning before you even get in the shower? Look, I have a process, and sometimes I need to take a poop before I get in the shower, okay? <laughs> sometimes that poop ends up taking a little bit longer time because I sit on TikTok and wait for the water to warm up. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, I think I think what you're driving at, honestly, you know, and we probably need to start wrapping this up before we get too lengthy, is we need to come down to personal choices. 
and personal choices based on how we want the planet to be. I think for me, having traveled the world, literally, and seen so many different cultures, this, this country is the most wasteful, the most selfish country on the face of the planet. And a lot of people in this country just don't care. Uh, they want to live for today and they don't care. And when you talk to them about well, what are you going to leave for your kids, their answer is normally along the lines of they'll figure it out, <laughs> you know, and we don't need to live that way. We need to live more globally in a certain aspects, you know. Um, <laughs> Very careful to distance yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I Russia think has planet, entered the chat. Planet, the planet's health is one of those things that we have to be global on. Right, yeah, because it, it affects everyone. Like you, you can't have one person peeing in the corner of the swimming pool and saying it's fine. Right? <laughs> That's why they put the blue dye in there so we know what oh, yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think by making those conscious choices of, you know, just little things, just start with little things. So, you know, walk a ride to work if you can. Take public transport. If you're going grocery shopping, take your own bags. Reuse your bags that you have. Um, yeah, the, the checkers may not like it, but, you know, it's fine. Um, think, about, think about what you're buying and what the packaging of that is. If you're in an area that has bulk food and they've started putting that back in in different places again, you know, do your own containers and, and do that to help reduce waste. You know, think about it. You know, they, there's a big push for, you know, buying used clothing or reworking what you have. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you are so inclined and talented enough to do that, by all means, do it. But, you know, look at those different ways that you can do and if you start small before you know it you'll you'll be making you you won't notice a change in your life so you'll notice that you're missing stuff like the latest iphone or whatever right i mean so that you know. planned obsolescence gets you and you have to upgrade <laughs> yeah so. but that's a good 10 years like i got a 10 years out of my last phone before i had you're to do here with apple yeah. well that's why we're not with apple well how do you think Apple became the first trillion dollar company? So all in all, um, definitely take a look at your life choices, how they impact the planet. Do a little bit of research into green en or renewable energy, as it's called now, and see, you know, how, just how renewable it is. And just, you know, take stock of your life and what you can do to reduce your, your footprint on the earth. Also, 7.5 to 8 billion humans is way too many people on this fucking planet. Kill them all. No. <laughs> Stop having babies. Yeah. Okay, well, tried. And then we stopped it. Yeah, I tried. It wasn't wasn't the one. The next one will get us. But yeah, uh, bring I back the plague. Bring back the plague. plague. But yeah, I think you know overpopulation is definitely a major factor in all of this. Um, but of course you're not gonna tell somebody you you can't have kids or Kinda you tried. can only have X amount of kids. Well, twenty kids is too many. Eighteen yeah. kids is too many. We're Say you duggers. On the scale from China to the duggers, fall somewhere, you know, less. 
say three is the perfect odd number. <laughs> and on that note, I've been Josh. <laughs> I'm um, uh, I'm that. I don't know if I want to give my name now because the government's listening. FBI agent, <laughs> if you're here, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit silly, and I'll add a sound, special sound bite at the end from the first time that we tried to record this. If Ben will ever send that to me, <laughs> so see ya. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Mr. Roboto happened. Your internet is garbage on base. God damn it. <laughs> what was the last thing you heard? <laughs> That's what we heard. We really didn't hear anything, Josh. <laughs> Pain. Pain and suffering. All right, what the fuck is up? We're doing How Green is Green Energy. We watched the documentaries by some dude named Michael Moore. It's called Planet of the Humans. Uh, Family discuss, please. <laughs> Hello? Okay. Um, and Sweet mother of God. What? He's back! My Now my internet went out. Like... <laughs> <laughs>